welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I hope you enjoyed the festive period. A happy new year. This is the first episode of 2021, a year we all hope is going to be better than 2020. Thanks for listening for the last year. I hope you're enjoying our story. May I implore you, please, to rate, review and subscribe on your podcast app of choice, be that Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Billowing Hilltop, or you can email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com. That's it. Enjoy episode 30 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Toad. season starts again at the weekend who have you got fulham 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 london derby yeah it's a good one to start with though sort of uh, home or away away it's a tight pitch though isn't it graham it's a tight, it's a tight pitch. pitch i'm at a, yeah. i'm at a spurs support the other day he's a local guy he, had, he was wearing a spurs wristband did it say do not resuscitate on it <laughs> <laughs> good evening good evening readers good evening How's the reader good evening reader good evening well now good you see evening. You say that I suspect that the number of readers might outnumber the number of players. That's surely impossible. I've seen some activity on social media. Oh, uh, and then friend of the show, Chris, I saw it was his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. Uh, happy birthday, Chris. Birthday. <laughs> I don't know who you are. But <laughs> Even yeah, though you also, don't exist. Also, months ago. <laughs> happy belated birthday, Chris. Well, I hope you I really think... enjoyed your birthday all that time ago, Chris. Well, by that logic... It's everybody's. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> oh, I have news for you on how old I am. We know. As in, I have received a letter from a scammer. The a queen. letter. Not an, not an email. Yeah, not right. a telegram. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had a letter from a scammer. Not an email. A letter. Somebody's actually bothered posting a printed letter in a window envelope to me in the mail, which means that I must have triggered something which says this person is old enough to fall for this kind of shit. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Mr. Martin Chun has contacted me oh. uh, because uh, there is a distant relative of mine who has died, yeah. leaving £56 million. Pounds. Well, it's $8,950,000 US dollars. Oh, okay. So who died? <laughs> I knew him in and out that he had no dependents home and abroad <laughs> in his home country, UK, where he was an orphan. Society at that time did not accept him in the early 80s. The reason he relocated and cut off all ties with the UK. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all I need to do is write to him. No, email him. Oh. Your bank account details. Yeah, well, just all sorts of details, really. First pet. I get half the money. Top CEOs of the banks at times sweep this under the carpet and convert them to juicy bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> I hold the key in capital letters to these funds, and as an insider, this is a daily occurrence with funds like this has been reassigned. Has been reassigned. Oh, it must be must be real. Mm. I think it's real. I mean, the spelling mistakes mean that it's, you know what I mean? It gives you that um It, it would be perfect if it was a fraud, wouldn't it? You yeah. need to follow this up, Mark. You could, you could be millionaire. Yeah. He's frustrated by the COVID-19 restrictions in my district, hence the reason I have sent it via a friend who works with World Health Organization, <laughs> as he was transiting through the UK to help me use the postal system in UK for quick delivery to you, as it became inevitably urgent for me to make contact with you. Mm. <laughs> it would, inevitably. 
He's got an awful lot of money, but he hasn't got any punctuation. <laughs> or grammar. He's reaching out to me based on my credibility. I think it's actually credulity. I'm obviously old enough for them to start that stuff. I'll start getting phone calls about transferring money in emergencies out of bank accounts when I... Like, postcards. Bollocks. You must write a postcard to six other people. Sorry, you, is this something you're telling us to do, Lucas, or is this uh, an no, example? No, this is Postcards. old style chain mail. Chain mail. Chain mail. Yeah. <laughs> old style chain mail. Yes, that's talking of D&D. <laughs> Where were we with D&D? Anybody remember? Well, we... Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's yes, a siege yes. going on. We have some money. There's a siege going on. You've appeared... Most well, importantly, you trampled around the forest and grabbed some money, and then you followed the trail... And you have discovered Bugraft and Hesty Testapod, who looked who looked like they're hunted Hesty down, Testapod hiding from lizard oh, folk man. who are besieging Blackwall Keep. Hesty Testapod, best in the land. Thanks, Lucas. And Bugraft <laughs> kind of shushed you, and then sure. as you watched, Hesty Testapod with that kind of singing. Sorry, yeah, Hesty Testapod disappeared. Hesty Testapod grabbed. It looked like he had a scroll in his hand, and he muttered something like an incantation. Touched his. Uh, Baggage. <laughs> Touch his yeah. testicles. Wow. Well, yeah. More tea, Nicker. <laughs> and disappeared. <laughs> Grabbed himself by the testicles and disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Let his kimono slip. Yeah. It's not, it's not a kimono. We have to um, avoid these mental images. Yeah, it's Chris's birthday. Yeah. So, oh, well, it was months ago. <laughs> No, hold up. No, when this, no, this isn't going. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he didn't grab his testicles. He grabbed oh. his baggage Same and thing. he vanished. And you're left. Black wall keepers in front of you. It's besieged by lizard folk. Bugraft is left as Hesty disappears. And he's kind of looking at you like, don't make a sound. Uh, what they want to do? What to do? So what did he do? Did it, does it look like an invisibility spell? Difficult to say for certain. He just vanished. Bugroft's about 30 feet away from you down the slope. Maybe so he, that further. means he would have been 30 feet away. So, so surely I get a spellcraft or whatever arcana check if I just was to recognise the spell that he cast. Oh, why not? Okay, so I am going to make an arcana check. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 Getting an eight. Lovely. An eight. No, you're not certain. It was a scroll, so it's not like you got to see him cast the whole spell. Mm. Uh, you're, he was a little too far away for you to pick up all of the wording. I tell you what, uh, let's be nice. You know invisibility is a spell. Yeah. And your sense is that it wasn't invisibility. Oh. Maybe teleport. We know that he can do teleport or some form of teleport. Something. Yeah. I think you thought that he... Yeah. yeah. I so maybe he's gone meta, into metagaming. the thing. Okay. Well, I mean, Bugraft might know more, door. but I mean, what do you want to do? Well, the thing is, is that these lizard folk were mentioned yeah. in that encrypted letter or document that we found down in the mine. Somebody's been listening to the podcast. Somebody's been editing an episode. Someone needs to tell us <laughs> about that. About that. What are the lizard folk doing, Paul? Well, lizarding. It's been at least. Uh, two days since I listened to it 20 times, so I've completely forgotten. But um, in the uh, deciphered, I think it was note, it was a letter or a note or something like that. Um, one of the, um, what are they called? One <laughs> <laughs> of the, the three triad priest persons, one of the guys from down the mine, um, <laughs> wrote a letter saying basically... Um, 
if you, now let's get try let's try and get this right. If you let this monster out too quickly, it won't be able to do very much. And we were there, and we let it out very quickly, and it wasn't able to do very much. Oh, but that then, letter, right? Yeah, and then there were it mentions the lizardman and uh, and the undead, yeah, and the and the undead and the worms, and <laughs> so this is all part of the plan. I have no mm. idea. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to pull out the the scroll and read it. Like that's a very, okay. very good idea, Dan. You pull out the scroll and you read it. Okay. Uh, what does it let, say? Remind me. Uh, that's a damn good question. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Here we go. I've got it. Okay. The secrets of this page are most holy. Know ye heretics who invade them that the eye of Asmodee is upon you. Right. If you read this, Theldric, you have either slain me and doomed our cause, or the time is nigh for our final victory. At last, the riddle of this place is solved. In ages past, a great being known as Chios rose above the petty warlords who fought and struggled for material gain. Mighty Chios is the herald of the Overgod. Soon he will sound the clarion call to the faithful. The three sundered faiths shall be made whole. The undead our agents spotted must be located and captured. If they bear the worms of Chios, then they perhaps hold the final answer to our research. The Ebon aspect stirs within the pool, but it is still not ready to emerge. Perhaps a traumatic event an invasion by heretics, a great battle fought within these walls, could awaken it. But even then, it will attain only a minor form. The way of the Ebon Triad speaks of the danger of awakening the aspect too soon. Our work will be for naught. We must find the worms and the undead hosts that carry them. If they are not here, then we must send agents to the Rift. If Chios himself or his agents cannot shepherd in the Age of Worms, then we shall do it ourselves so that the Overgod may live. Our course is clear, my dear Thelbrek. Smenk is no longer useful to us and must die kill him, then send agents to the Mist Marsh, across the southern hills. I believe that we will find what we are looking for there, among the lizard folk. Summon more of your warriors, if the calculations and portents are correct. The time for covert action is at an end. As the Age of Worms begins, we must strike hard and fast to prepare the coming of the Overgod. Of course, dear Theldrek, if you are so rash as to slay my followers and I, then you soon shall join me in the afterlife. Doubtless your treachery has already stirred the Overgod. Our mission has failed, and you will die at his hands. So where are the southern hills? Because we're in the Cairn Hills at the moment. No, we're not. We're at Blackwall Keep, which yeah, is well, at the south of the Cairn yes. Hills. So the southern hills, uh, I understand your question, Lucas, is a sort of is another way of referring to those that part that portion of the Cairn Hills that lies between Diamond Lake and the Mist Marsh. Right, which is where we basically walked through. Yes. What you've just been traveling. Yeah. Yes, the, the, the region you've just been traveling right. through. What That's we've exactly just been right. through, too. So you're standing there. Burple is trying to work out what spell has been cast. Let's say Parker has taken out the scroll that you found in the Chapel of Asmodee and has quickly scanned through it because uh, Cuthbert thought it might be a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. Cuthbert remembered this mention of the lizard folk and he's looking uh, at the What are you folk. doing in terms of Bugraft? who's just staring at you from this tucked away in this hollow of this giant oak tree. Can I wave at him? Go cooey. Bugraft is putting <laughs> his finger to his lips. Oh. Yes. So I don't get what? cooey. I go, what? What? Hey? What's that? Hey? Pardon old man. <laughs> What's going I on? I said you bunch of fuckers. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. <laughs> yeah, let's just make a quick Shh. roll to see whether or not that attracts the attention of any of the uh, lizard uh, folk. Oh, you didn't? No, I put my finger to my lips you, and I... You would never have done that. I would never have done that. Yeah, never have done that. Okay. Bugroft looks like he's got a note at his feet that might have been tied around the shaft of an arrow. Oh. I, I, yeah, I sort of wave him over it. Yeah, come. 
put, put my finger uh, finger at the lips. Okay. How? So, so what are, what distances are we talking? So from here? now can you, on, we're can you give us the scene right. from you, you to Bugraft? Make a general. Um, you'd have to no us to Bugraft and and us to the lizard folk. Okay, so you to Bugraft is about thirty or forty feet. Oh, I see. Then there's a then there's a question of ooh, I mean a hundred yards at least to the first lizard folk besiegers, and then at least another hundred yards to the keep. So you're quite a distance. You can kind of hear distant shouts. You can hear the lizard folk calling between each other. Toby! Toby! <laughs> Find me another gin. Bring the parasol. Another gin yes. tonic, please. Yeah. Glass of pims. Um, yes. What is the... I say... Uh, what is the state of the siege? Can we kind of... Uh, I'd like to kind of ascertain that. Are they, are they yeah. kind of uh, camped around this place? Are they actively trying to assault it? Are they... What, what's the it, deal? It looks like you've preparing an assault, didn't you? Yes, it looks like you've come across maybe a kind of uh, well, you don't know how long, but a hiatus in the assault. You can see that the the main gate door of the keep. The keep is like buried in the in the sort of false top of the hill. It's like a billowing hilltop. (laughs) No, it's like a false hilltop, as it were. The hill's like a kind of you know, like grand designs where they build into the side of the hill. It's like that. You can kind of see some openings, um, and then. Emerging from the top, the crest of the hill, is a tower, which then is overlooking everything. Every now and again, you see a figure, maybe a figure, maybe another, but maybe two, moving around on the top of the tower, clearly kind of keeping into cover. It doesn't look like the lizard folk have got like long-range weapons. It looks like they've got javelins. So there's no sort of archery battle going on. Every now and again, a figure will pop up in the battlements of this tower and kind of ping an arrow down at these lizard folk who seem to be sheltering in little groups scattered all around in a kind of perimeter around the keep. Mm-hmm. Probably all about at least a hundred yards away from the keep. And there are in little squads of about five or six individuals. And then, yeah, they, every now and again, they seem to sort of shout instructions to each other. Have they got like cannons or breaching equipment or ladders mm. or any kind of thing? Doesn't seem so, but it does seem like the main gate has been damaged and then repaired. It looks like it's been stoved in. Mm-hmm. and then kind of shored up again. There's also a paddock, like a kind of corral area, that's hacked out of the slope of the hill, and that has been broken open, and there are some dead horses lying on the hillside. It looks like maybe bits of some of those horses have been dragged off, potentially as lizard food. So there's already been an attack. It looks like there's been an attack off. that's been repulsed, Yeah, right. um, and that now the lizard folk are regrouping, maybe for another assault. And what sort of scale? Well, we're talking about 60 or 70 lizard folk. Right. And how many people can we see at the castle? Well, you've seen maximum of two people so far at once on the tower. You don't know how long, the, how large the garrison would normally be, but you'd be talking about 20 to 30 individuals. Hmm. They'd be more heavily armed than the lizard folk, more organised. The lizard folk are uh, a kind of perennial problem, but they sort of keep themselves to themselves. There has been more trouble with the lizard folk in recent years, and Blackwall Keep and another keep, Marsh Keep, were built on the northern, northeastern, and south uh, western extremities of the marsh in order to try and keep the, their activity down, and it's worked slightly. But they are kind of tumble down, isolationist country folk. The lizard folk they live their kind of life in the in the mist marsh. They don't normally cause trouble to anybody else unless somebody kind of impinges upon their territory so it's odd that in the last years there's been this friction anyway what do you want to do about yeah bug rough what do you want to do let's go back to you well i'll just i'll just keep uh keep a low profile and just sort of wave to them and you know 
tell them to be quiet. I mean, it looks like the the, the attention of these lizard folk uh, besiegers is firmly on the keep. Yeah, I'll just gesture them over. I'll sort it. All right, if they're not coming over to me, I'll go over to them. God. So you're going to scramble up the slope? Yeah. Are you trying to be quiet? Uh, yes, I suppose I'd better. Okay. Um, give me a stealth check. So roll this and add three. Mm-hmm. Um, a nine, twelve. Twelve is um, fine. You can have a little conference. What have you got to say? Okay, I say, well, they're, they're being besieged. <laughs> um, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't, we, I hadn't um, figured that out, actually. We thought it was a party. Yeah, that's uh, where we the, pay the him attacked. the big bucks. We've managed to get. We've got a mess. We've received a message, uh, Hestia and I, from one of the uh, the people in the in the keep. Uh, mm. We managed to get in touch with them. We've been under attack for two days. They breached the main gate this morning, and before we could beat them back, they took Marzina and three others prisoner. Our commander was killed. They headed south into the marsh. Our comrades won't survive long as captives. Please send for reinforcements, and if you can, try to rescue our friends. Habadi Babalish. Deputy. Habadi Babalish. Uh, Hesty thinks uh, we should go into the marsh uh, right away. Otherwise, there'll probably just be lizard food pretty quickly. Um, and we'll never know what she. We'll never learn what she knows. Um, and he's going back to Diamond Lake for reinforcements. I'm guessing he's teleported. Right. Let's just run off. And he thinks well, we should go and rescue. Uh, well, let's head south then. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. You can. Um, Keep a safe distance away from the besiegers. Work your way back down the slope that you're on, which is the which is the kind of the last piece of cover before the keep. Back to where you've left your uh, pack ponies. You don't think that you're going to be able to take your ponies into the marsh. The marsh is a difficult environment. It's going to be like consistently difficult terrain, isn't it? I- effectively, yes. It's like when we did the Emerald Spire. Do you remember? It's just like you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, perhaps not quite so. That was that was really pretty tough. So, I mean, you know a little bit about the Mist Marsh. First of all, you're clear on Marzana, are you? Not really. Was that a question? No. Nope. Marzana is the battle mage assigned to the keep. That that's the reason. <laughs> it's the reason that you were travelling to the keep in the first <laughs> place. Was <sighs> I'm just sort of pinching the bridge of my nose briefly. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that you were travelling to the keep in the first place was because Hesty wanted to speak to Marzana because she had sent a word through Bugraft back from the keep that there were increased sightings of these strange undead infested with green worms in the surrounding hills and that the lizard folk were causing more trouble than usual. And that's why Hesty elected to visit her to see the situation for himself, and it's why you were accompanying him. Yep, we knew that. Actually, I do remember that now you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, and so do you, of course, in the game. But, you know. Um, and then, of course, you, you you forgot that, and then you went running off into the woods, <laughs> chasing off the bunny. I don't remember any of that, sorry. No, no, well, of course not. Well, I don't expect you to remember any of this stuff. Well, stuff. So I have to constantly re populate the adventure with um, little memory it's like memento basically it's like sticky notes left everywhere <laughs> if marzana has been captured and taken into the mist marsh then it would make sense to go and try and rescue her since you've traveled all this way in order for hester to be able to see her yeah the marsh itself you know is is going to be a challenge it's kind of a mix of wet ground and grassland and streams and pools. There are kind of stretches of sort of brackish water 
Bugraft knows more than the rest of you because he is a bit more of a kind of uh, wilderness person. It's never there aren't deep lakes, there aren't deep areas of water. Everything you know, you're never you're never more than about sort of waist or chest deep, and it's sort of about thirty miles across. Are there like uh, reed boats or anything like that? Well, no, there's nothing. Yeah, what like in the like in the ever like in the Everglades? Yes flat punts or things no it's about 30 miles north south and longer east west the marsh itself sort of blends into this large lake larger than diamond lake called mist lake that sits in the right up against the kind of steep foothills of the newell mountains over to the east and to the west and south it just sits in a bowl still within the cairn hills now well can we go around the edge but we want to go in that's the whole yes, point. this is oh, it. Your, your understanding is that these lizard folk who've captured these four people from Blackwall Keep have headed straight into the interior of the marsh. Right. So there's not going to be very many tracks then, are there? Can I do a speak with... I can do a speak with animals. Is there yes. some sort of okay. marsh creature I can talk to that will uh, help me and give me some limited information? It's well, so if, you're, if you kind of... If you make your way down this this valley that you've left the pack ponies in it it shallows out and becomes increasingly sodden where you originally crossed there was still a sort of vestige of a sort of slightly sluggish little mountain stream or river by the time you follow the valley down to the south a couple of miles the stream is lost in sort of tussocks and sedge and little pools and that's how the kind of marsh develops as you travel yes bugraft there is a plethora of wildlife are we talking exploration here or well now the thing is that if these lizard folk were moving fast with four captives actually they may not be very difficult to track and you might be able to pick up their trail relatively simply once you get to the kind of northern edge of the marsh and assuming that they've traveled directly south from the keep you can follow the hill that the keep sits on top of yes keeping at a safe distance from the from the lizard folk besiegers you could follow the the, the very foothill of that or the very foot of that hill round looking for the where the trail goes into the marsh which is i suspect what you're going to do why doesn't somebody give me a survival check oh well can i am i, I having a lot getting a creature because i can ask them what they've perceived over the past day you absolutely can um let's say so 13 13 survival 13 survival okay so first of all let's talk about mm. The marsh warbler. Bugraft is going to talk to a bird. That'll be a first. It doesn't have much luck. Oh, I've got 18. Oh, no, I've only got 10 charisma. <sighs> What's it called? Speak with animals. Speak with animals. It's actually fourth level spell. Okay. For some reason. I don't know why I've got that. Well, is it a uh, class it's feature? It's a racial or, and spell-like ability. Mm-hmm. Must be barbarian. You speak to a marsh warbler. A little hopping, grubby little bird that you interrogate but it does fly around it's little it's area it's kind of territory includes most of where you are it's dumb bug raft but it does uh, remember what it calls the the two legs walking crocodiles it calls them it has seen some heading south into the marsh and its information gels with what's found by a pair of survival checks decent survival checks you do pick up a trail leading south into the marsh it looks like it's the trail left by a group of uh, humanoids on foot. They don't seem to be worrying particularly about water. But there is... Somebody give me a, another survival check. Somebody who's made a decent one before. I, made, I rolled a 21. Okay, give me another one. 
Try number so 13. I will roll. Oh. Find the trail. Okay, so you're, you're, what I'm saying is that you found the trail. Parker, you rolled a decent number, didn't you? No, but Sessions did. Okay, so Sessions. You want me to roll one again? One of the two that found the trail, yeah. I rolled badly. I rolled a seven. So Sessions, what'd you get? Oh, you got a... Oh, no, here we go. Oh, I got an eight that time. Okay. Um, no, not much else that you can determine. I mean, you can. there's something odd about the tracks, but you would estimate five or six humanoid individuals mm. you can see where they started heading into the marsh there's something odd about the tracks is it like something's being dragged well that's a you know that's a good question but the marsh warbler bug raft can't talk to you in terms of time it has doesn't have the sort of that specific concept it can talk about in terms of the time in terms of the day and you think from when it how it describes what it saw that it was early morning when this happened it's now uh let me just check my uh, travel time spreadsheet can you ask it to fly up and see well yeah it says the spell says um the last 10 minutes you might be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for you the gm's discretion so i'm going to i'm going to say to it could you just fly in the direction that they went so we can follow that's a gm's discretion yeah it tells you to fuck off (laughs) no um (laughs) I'll give it some food. Yes, yeah, if you give it some food, it's happy to sort of go on. It's not really a hoverer, but it's happy to sort of uh, take to the wing briefly. And is it, it, have they been walking on a sort of uh, timber trackway or something that's just under no, the No, no, no. The They've just headed straight sort of? into the, the, the marsh is a kind of mix. It's a real mix up of terrains. It's like you're constantly changing from clambering over kind of tussocky mossy banks um and then sloshing your way through a kind of low you know a little a little shallow pool of brackish water and then there might be a stream and then you might get um, a tangle of what are called mangaroo trees which are these trees that kind of thrive in the swamp and then the occasional kind of wizened uh, willow eking out a living and then you're back to mud and then and so forth so you're constantly changing terrain these tracks are just headed straight south the uh, marsh warbler we need a name for this marsh warbler. Alan. Tom. Alan the marsh warbler says that he thinks he could see then briefly a little bit of movement further to the south, but he doesn't really do distances. Okay, we'll just mm-hmm. can you we'll follow you and uh, we'll give you some I'll give you some more food later. Okay, well, so you want okay, well it starts hopping off into the marsh. Do you want to start following it? Yeah. Um, How I'm more about bug raft. Yeah, it's odd, isn't he? Why? Um well Bograff, we're, we're going to be wading through chest-high pools of water, and you're a hobbit. So what? Uh, so am I. Oh dear, I'm worried about both of you. So I'm, what I propose is for Bograff. Still, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to fashion a little harness for Bograff. Nobody tosses a dwarf. And I'm going to carry it right on Cuthbert. No, no, it's not. No, it's not that. Is this a good? I'll carry you. It's just that you can walk ahead, and I'll I'll have you on a leash. Is this a good uh, place to bury Grimble? <laughs> Very much. We still in the bag. Yes. Yeah. yeah you can detect so. every now and again. You get a little whiff of. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I I wouldn't mind. You know, when you take the cellophane off the <laughs> the, the cheese board on Boxing Day. Oh yeah. There is a little bit of that every time. Every every time that um. Jeez, who's got the, the haversack? Isn't it? I do. Um, yeah. Okay. So every time Parker kind of changes position quickly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing with my haversack? There's a little kind of waft of kind of green mist. Are we going to bury? What's, what's going on? Why are you burying him? I mean, yeah, bury is. Round to it yet? Did he want to we be cremated? Had one long rest since the in the terrain you're in, bury is a very loose term. Yeah, bury him. Just kind of sink him. Yeah. It's more um, put. Yeah, I think would be a better word. Yeah, put him in the marsh. Subsume him. Fine. 
Someone okay. can dig him up in a thousand years' time. Bookman. He'll be worm worm infested by the time. He'll be he'll be he'll be the missing link. We should <laughs> say some words over him. Yes. So like I'll say Cousin Sessions can say something. Yeah. Oh. I'll say what something. About nice. Uncle, what about Uncle Bugrash? Mist Marsh Man. I think Uncle Bugrash recognises him. Really? After all this time he's been dead? I mean he's not looking great. Let's just bury him in the marsh. It's only been a couple of days, though. It's not like he's totally decomposed. He's just a little bit, you know, riffy. Didn't have his face eaten off. Okay, yes, he doesn't look great in that sense. His face was eaten off, yeah, by a rope. I think it is time to bury him. Can we all say a few words? Yeah. Sure. Should we start? We we can start with session. Dearly beloved. Sessions, why don't you why don't you say a few words first? You you know you're related. Yeah, I I will relay the story of um, Grimbold as a small hobbit, doing small hobbity things. That saved the party's last several times. <laughs> no, no, my, my my memories are all from childhood. Foraging for mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, trying that first spell that didn't work. Mage hand. No friends. Mere second spell, mirror image. <laughs> Steady on. Mage armor, when he realized that was what he meant first time. <laughs> then the great discovery of um, chromatic orb. Yes. A real... Life changer. Saving everybody as they exited the can. And, and finally replacing the Saving everybody in the chamber with the statue. What Saving was the everybody spell? in the Asmodee thing. <laughs> it's almost, there's a moment where, as you stand around Grimbold's body, that it seems to sort of twitch slightly. <laughs> Has anybody else got anything else to say during this, frankly, awkward ceremony? No, I'm Parker's just digging yeah. Really? Yeah, hurry up. I think is what I have to say. The standing wave uh, will wave goodbye. Oh, I like it. A standing wave goodbye. Standing wave goodbye. Thank you. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's head off then. I don't really want to hear Cuthbert, Cuthbert has to say. Does Bugroff got anything to say about his um, nephew? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bugroff's voice, by the way, seems to have changed. Or rather, gone. Um, yes, I haven't quite thought whether it... Uh, what, what did I do originally? I can't remember. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's not my Scottish responsibility. Scottish or... What? Scottish? It was some way of knowing. I think... But I can't remember. Hey, it was a bit... That's it. That's it. Hey, yeah. That was, it's obviously... It's, it's Johnny's um, growly voice number two. Yeah. Well, no, I never want to be... Pre- I never want to be present for one of Johnny's growly voice number twos, I have to say. So. I do actually think that it's it's... It's probably appropriate for me to sing a song. No, no, oh, yes. over the so, yeah. over the dead body. Uh, please, oh, please. Bold. We appreciate the thought. But <laughs> yeah. The thought is enough. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I have written a, a song in in eight parts. Uh, oh, uh, oh yes, yeah. Right, yeah. That, that's uh, best played in an inn later on. <laughs> well, no, I, well, I thought here might be here might be a good uh, place to, to debut. Uh, I think so. We've got all the wildlife um, around us to listen. Exactly. I will summon all the creatures <laughs> from the wilderness. It might upset, might upset Alan the bird. Well, <laughs> Alan, Alan the marsh warbler <laughs> is long I've only long just long. persuaded him to be a friend. He went, you know. Well, you, yeah, you persuaded Alan the marsh warbler to, to to flit off into the marsh after these uh, after these two legs that he saw. Yeah, standing crocodiles, and then we all stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then you all stopped to very Grimbold, so he's just gone. <laughs> Well, I think there should be a. Uh, we can have a, uh, a round of reincarnate him, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Kind of traditional <laughs> funeral dirge. Reincarnate him so we back together. Reincarnate him in different order. Reincarnate him.
and then on on into the mist marsh. So right. before we leave, a couple of questions so that we've got these pack animals. Well, you haven't any more because you've left. Are you going back? No, I'll ask. What do you mean because we've left? We left them. Well, we left them you because left. we couldn't bring them with us. Yeah. Well, I thought we hadn't left yet because we'd buried Grimbold first. Well, we're not hanging around, standing around next to the lizard. I don't think you're the, the, the battlefield. We'd be digging <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, we sing a song about you know, dead Grimbold. Okay. So we're, we're really not very good at this. And you've just <laughs> and you've just left him face down. No, no, in yeah, like a, no, no, he's no, been no, no, I just, I said, no, I said, Parker digging. Oh, okay. Well, you can kind of, you can, at least a shallow grave. There's nothing to dig into. No, he's sunk into the marsh. He's buried in the marsh. Head down. deep enough so that the body is sort of submerged fully and isn't going to... No, his feet are sticking out. He's only three foot tall. Well, weigh him down with some stones. I just wanted to ascertain that before we left these pack animals that we took... I mean, did they have, like, equipment? Anyway, it was probably the wrong time to do it because we've probably lost Alan the Warbler. Alan the Marsh Warbler. You told Alan the Marsh Warbler to head into the marsh following these creatures, which it did, but then you stopped. (laughs) So, I mean, when you finished the ceremony... another Marsh Warbler. No, I'll I'll, I'll go into the marsh going, Alan, 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 (laughs) Alan, come back. Well, now when you befriend another Marsh Warbler, he's going to go, oh, you lot. Alan warned me about you already. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to ask me to do something and then I'll piss off and then you'll stay where you are, won't you? <laughs> you can get a b- bad reputation amongst the yeah. marsh warblers very okay, quickly. Okay, I, I think we can hand wave this mic. We, we followed the... Uh, anyway. You start trudging your way into the marsh, following the trail that you've picked up. Do you think, sorry, um, we've had yeah. this conversation about our magic arguments. Do you think that people listening to this just basically find it really annoying that we don't pay attention to the story or know what's going on? Or do you think they're kind of like, oh, well, that's mildly amusing. <laughs> with the boy, I mean, we didn't we didn't protect him and he turned up dead, didn't he? We turned up with his head. <laughs> and then it's... There was a thing where he'd left a mark because he was in trouble. That's right. Uh, the That's place right. where you'd agreed and nobody ever went back there to check. <laughs> and he left a mark there to say that he was worried that he was feeling really kind of under threat. Yeah. And I thought, I thought at some point they're going to be like, oh, I know what I'm going to do, by the way. When I'm in town, I'm just going to check the statue in the, in the square to see, to see if the kids left a mark there. And nobody ever did. Oh, and anyway. Yeah. Oh, we can't remember things like that. Yeah. We should be better. No, evidently not. <laughs> Are we still in Fumbulary? Yes, it's Urt, the 14th of Fumbulary. We're only halfway through Fumbulary. Mm-hmm. It's always been Fumbulary. Well, you've only did... You've only did. Your, your first part of your adventure was only a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of hung out in town, backwards and forwards for another couple of days. Then you went into the... I mean, this is the thing, it takes... It takes ages to play out, but of course those combats in the dark cathedral in yeah. real life are about a minute and a half long. <laughs> well, we stayed a few nights, didn't we? You did. You st- well, you stayed a couple of nights. Uh, you stayed one night. Uh, no, you stayed one did, night in one heaven. or two long rests. I can't remember. Anyway, I mean, I have it all here. I, I tick off the days as we go. Okay, trust you. I mean, okay. So we head south. You head into the marsh. You're travelling at about half. So a standard overland speed, which means you can cover about 12 miles in an eight-hour day of travel. Your guesstimate is that these creatures, 
are probably about four hours ahead of you. And but how you big don't are these hexagons on the map? Let's go back to the map. Each hex on the map, Lucas, for your reference, is eight miles. Right. You think that they're about four hours ahead of you, which means that they will have travelled about, they're probably about six miles into the marsh if they've had a four-hour head start. Maybe more because they might be moving faster because they're used to the terrain, but it's possible that that is balanced by the fact that they're probably dealing with four inert captives. And even if they've got the captives on their feet, you know, they've got them shackled or tied up somehow, they're going to be stumbling slowly through the marsh. It's going to be awkward. So it's possible that you've got a bit of a break there. Also, what's a good break for you is the fact that um, they're not really bothering about covering their tracks. They've got no particular interest. They've got no particular expectation that anyone would be after them. As you travel, the mist that has been kind of settled in ribbons across the marsh all morning starts to clear. You actually get the sort of suggestion of a bit of sunlight every now and again. A little ribbon of blue appears in the sort of leaden sky. Uh, the weather is changing again. The, the relentless drizzle has ceased. The thunder has stopped rolling over the western horizon. And although it's a deeply unpleasant place, you do actually make decent progress. Every now and again, you need to kind of stop and have a think about whether or not you're following ex- you know, the trail that you thought. Let's have a survival check just every now and again. Just give me another survival check to see how you do. Ooh, Cuthbert rolls a natural... Um, Parker rolls a natural 20. Purple gets an 8. It's, see, there's money. There's no money involved at this t- this time. Sorry. Basically, all my rolls Sorry. are really crap. I mean, Bugrapper doesn't know where you were. Natural Fashions 20. gets a 4. For a 22. Okay. Well, so Parker, that's great. So, Parker, you're confident that you're on the right trail. Yes. And I will say that you can travel for the first... You're going you're gonna to be able to make it about 12 miles. By six in the evening, as it's getting dark, you've travelled... Are we travelling due south? Yeah, you're travelling due south, and you've travelled for about six hours. And six hours gets you about eight miles. Right. In terms of your uh, map, Lucas, you travelled south about a hex. Yes? Yeah. And then it starts to get dark, and you've got to start thinking, you can certainly push on for another couple of hours. Uh, you can travel for eight hours at a stretch without any danger of kind of fatigue or having to use the, any of the kind of force march rules. But you think that keeping on the trail might be a little bit more challenging. Do you want to push on, or do you want to wait for daylight? Uh, I think we should push on, because uh, Hesty's suggestion was that we they wouldn't, stand, they wouldn't last very long. I think we should push on as far as we can when we're sure that we're sure about the trail so we go a little bit slower makes perfect sense to me stay on the trail yeah i agree that makes perfect sense okay so give me another survival check all of you you're very confident you're on the right trail at the moment oh parker gets a 13 for a 15 seven sessions get 13 yeah Mm -hmm. what about bugraft okay six well it doesn't matter because parker's rolled high enough you can follow on into the dim light you do have to slow down a little, but you do keep touch with the trail. And I think we can say that you can push on for another couple of hours and cover maybe two or three miles. Let's call it a couple of miles. So you make it about 10 miles into the marsh before it gets properly dark. And you've now been traveling for eight hours solid and you're starting to feel a little fatigued. Now, what would you like to do? You can push on. I mean, you can go for it. There will be maybe potentially a penalty for uh, effectively for, for, for fatigue. Um, yeah, getting into a forced march. And of course, the risk of losing the trail will get ever greater as it gets darker. I think that's the most important thing. Is possibly, but there's no, you know, but there's no. You can do whatever you like. You can keep going, or you can 
as it were, rest up in this. I mean, you're in a some sort of particularly rather. <laughs> it's not the. It's a pretty dismal place to rest up. But you could rest up and wait for first light. Your understanding is that it will get light again in about eight hours. So start to get light at about five five thirty in the morning and fully light by about seven something. I think the most important thing is not that the speed, but that we keep on the trail. I mean, we can always force march back once we've rescued her or whatever. We're going to have to do that. So, is that the agreed uh, system? Well, are there any other willing beasts? Because I've actually got another spell called Beast Sense, where I can see through their eyes, see and hear what they hear, make friend of them. Yeah, I can't see why not. Talk to me about how that works. Give me the give me the lowdown on how. So that works. it's called Beast Sense. Uh, you touch a willing beast. For the duration of the spell, you can use your action to see through the beast's eyes and hear what it hears and continue to do so until you use your action to return to your normal senses. While perceiving through the beast's senses, you gain the benefits of any special senses possessed by that creature, though you are blinded and deafened by your own surroundings. And it lasts Are you a druid? No, I'm a no. barbarian. I don't know where I got these from. It must be from one of my barbarian things. Mm. What gives me pause there is willing beast. I kind of read from that, infer from that, that we're talking about a creature that you have a, I want to be delicate here, that you have a relationship with. Hmm. Animal handling, though. Yeah, but I mean, finding a lizard in the swamp and kind of grabbing it and saying, <laughs> I want to see through your eyes is not the same. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's got to be willing. I mean, I suppose yeah, but, you could tempt uh, something non-intelligent. They're never going to be I tell you what, willing, make, a, make a survival check. Make a survival check. If you want to try and tempt a wild creature, a swamp-dwelling thing, let's say it's like a, either a little eel or a lizard, or uh, something. Some we- um, I've got a kind of sense, actually, of what animals um, live in the... Okay, I've got animal handling. Is that- There's sort of giant vermin. Um, there are lizards. There are lots of toads and frogs and other amphibians. Owls. Uh, small reptiles. There is the occasional very wary mammal. You know, like a like a, there's the occasional boar or the occasional deer. Geckos. But I think what you need to do to to to, to have a willing subject for your power, which I, I I kind of get this is I think if you've got something that you can feed them, if you've got some food stuff, yeah, give I'll me a survival check. See if you can tempt something out of the undergrowth. How about make an, it um, make it animal handling? Well, it's the same plus two anyway. So. Okay, yeah, no, animal handling is better. Okay, all right. Well, I'll roll. I'll roll a d twenty and add two. So here it is. Yeah, let's see how you go. Uh, I roll a th- eleven plus two is thirteen. I think thirteen's all right. Okay, yeah, you can tempt like a uh, woodlouse. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> small <laughs> beetle. <laughs> you tempt an earthworm. <laughs> you te- uh, no, you can tempt a uh, something with composite eye. I'd say to it. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we haven't got all day. It's a snail. <laughs> um, you can you can tempt a uh, large toad out of the kind of swampy undergrowth with a bit of food, and it kind of goes. No, it so it's probably going to have a heart what attack to- about what five hundred meters up the road. A blind worm. It comes out, and goes, and it eats the food that you leave out for it. I say, kind toad, please hop along the way that the lizard folk went. <laughs> it doesn't uh, had, can it understand you well yes i'll do the other thing which was i've forgotten now is it uh, yeah okay so speak with animals i've got speak with animals ritual only and that is um 
You might want to check if one of those is concentration. Neither of them are. Fine. Okay, so you tempt this toad forwards. You speak with animals with it to ask it to follow the trail of the... How do you describe it? The lizard people or the... the yeah? Follow the path of the lizard people. <laughs> okay. Five so you say, lizard people. Uh, five, six big lizards into the march. Follow. Can, yeah, okay. can lizards okay. count? Show us the way. Can toads count? I'm not sure. that I don't know that toads count. The question is... Okay, I'm going to roll for the toad. See if I win it. If I do, I'll have to put the newt back. Uh, <laughs> that's a massive number from the toad. Okay, the toad does remember the lizard folk and sort of goes <laughs> and starts squadgling off in the dark in the direction that they were going in. Okay, now's the time to take a short rest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. We're getting a bit peckish. Let's stop and have some dinner. It, it just starts heading off into the dark as best as it knows. <laughs> Where it saw the big creatures travelling. I mean, it doesn't really know much about what you want, but it does remember them tramping through, and so it starts heading off in that direction. Do you want to? Do you want to share its eyesight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know whether I can do two rituals at the same time. Um, no, you cast a ritual, and then you have the spell, and the spell lets you speak with the animal. Okay, and it's not and then when you're speaking with the animal, you then cast another ritual in order to see through its eyesight, having befriended it by giving it um, yeah. uh, creatures. Yes? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Give me a moment. I'm just checking on toads. Yeah. So this toad has got dark vision, so is able to start heading off into the dark. So it starts heading off into the darkness at toad speed, which is, you know, slow. It goes, <laughs> and starts hopping off are you going to follow it yeah it's like Bycraft. yeah we'll follow it. well if that might take a long time i could just hold it in my hand and him sort of hop in the sort of indicate which way might be easier what but, but through through the, what toad compass you... yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i'll tell you what we can what? put him on a flat board <laughs> those tiny little table tennis bats like on an aircraft carrier it's like this way <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no I put way. him on a flat board yeah. and he hops in the direction and, and we head towards <laughs> Oh, the yeah, road. yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's more than capable of understanding this system. <laughs> Look, we're, he's going to be hopping very, very slowly. Well, the whole thing's pointless. Mm. You have absolutely no problem in keeping up with him because it's a toad. It moves at like no miles an hour. The issue is that you've been march Well, marching is an exaggeration. You've been stumbling through the marsh for eight hours do you want to keep on stumbling through the marsh after this toad yes we do well everybody else what do you want to do well it depends on whether if we then meet up with these people are we going to be disadvantaged in terms of any combat we might have to have because we're absolutely knackered well we can look at the force march rules if you push beyond eight hours in a day for every additional hour uh you have to make a constitution saving throw at the end of the hour and on a failed saving throw, you suffer one level of exhaustion. How does the toad have any idea where to go? Well, it rolled a seventeen on its on its. Um, yeah, but even toad, once they're out of check. sight, what's it going to follow the tracks? I don't think that that was properly established. Don't ask questions like that, Graham. Well, I'm just yeah. curious. Why would you? <laughs> yeah. We're following a toad that's seen it go like a hundred yards down the track. Yep. I think the one level of exhaustion is probably not worth a risk. Or we could carry on, and if someone fails, then we stop and rest. What does the one level of exhaustion do? Uh, I can't remember, but I don't think it's that nice. 
No, we spent a lot of time getting levels of exhaustion in um, Dragon Heist, I seem to recall. That's right. Some special abilities and environmental hazards. Yeah. It's basically, it's disadvantage on all ability checks for level one. Level two, your speed is halved. These are all cumulative. Level three, you have disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Uh, that's fine. Let's keep going. Okay. I think we should take a rest. I mean, you wouldn't go very far in that hour if you were basing your travel on following a toad. <laughs> I do have the in my, in my head. I have this image of us, of us all lined up behind this toad and literally <laughs> yeah, crowded up the, behind. That's it. That's the image I've got in my head too. Yeah, yeah it's just literally you're kind of waiting. You've got a light hop. spell cast. All right. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll let the toad go off into the marsh and we'll just sit down and have a, a nice meal <laughs> of toad. No, we're going to follow the toad. We're going to follow the toad. You're going to follow the yellow brick toad? The yellow brick toad. toad. Mm. Okay, well, you follow the toad. It moves incredibly slowly because it's a toad. Very toadist. Well, how fast does a toad move? It's not the toad from the wind in the willow. I'll do expeditious retreat on the... uh, Or I'll do long strider (laughs) on the toad, which gives it an extra (laughs) 10 foot around. (laughs) 10 foot move. Well, there you go. There's a rules fail. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, the idea that this thing is suddenly like <laughs> express toad. It scared the shit out of it. It's going at about twenty feet around, which is actually not bad. Oh, it's walking, walking speed. Mm. Well, it's not bad. It's, kind of it's, the same it's, yeah. speed as us. Yeah. Yeah. So off you head. So you're following the toad at about twenty feet around into the marsh for another hour. Can everybody give me a Constitution saving throw? DC. Okay, so it's a DC eleven Constitution. Oh well, I read before you, I rolled before you gave the number oh, out. So I have no, eighteen no, no. for a twenty. Okay, so a five from Purple Herpish. Uh, eighteen twenty. From yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. think that's worth an ought dice. Oh, a one from oh, Sessions. I, I just this is overcome that. Oh dear, three. got a five. <laughs> I, well, oh I just God. I don't think it's going to go very well for me. No, I can't go on. Uh, I can't go on. <laughs> Absolution. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. How did I get a nineteen? Okay, so your ought dice. Uh, you can roll a. You can roll again and add a d six. Yeah, again, I rolled a twenty. Oh, no. and I roll a twelve. So it's enough. Mm-hmm. I roll nineteen. Okay, so you're all fine after the first hour. <laughs> Do you want to push on for another hour? Yeah. No. Do you think no? How long does this well, spell we've last? All kind of you've expended your ought dice. I haven't. I haven't. How, I long, does spe- how long does the spell last, Johnny? It lasts um, Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes. Right. Up ten to an hour. Here we go. Okay. I'll hour. do another okay, one. Okay. So at the end of the hour. Oh, Maybe I've got a better creature. It takes you ten minutes to do another one. Okay. And so it's about just after seven in the evening. Um, and you want to cast? What you want to find another creature? Yeah, something maybe a bit better than a toad. Can you give me a survival check, please, you know, to see a what hawk you... or something might be useful to him? Something that flies. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, it's that, it's dark. An owl. Okay. A night warbler. Your <laughs> options are going to be in the very firmly in the toad lizard area. Night <laughs> uh, warbler. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I, what is a night warbler? I've no idea. It sounds like they exist. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like they exist. I'm going to Google the night warbler now. It's a nocturnal bird. Yeah. Does it live in marshland? Here we go. Also, it's if a it bird. Does, then you've got a... uh, well, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't say where it lives. Is there a night warbler though? Yeah, there seems to be a night warbler. Here we go. Nocturnal birds. Sedge warblers sing extensively during the night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, various no, no. birds sing at night, including a sedge warbler. 
Small plump warbler. <laughs> Creamy stripe above its eye and greyish brown legs. Do they live in marshes? Sedge. Sedge sounds like they live sort of somewhere like a marsh, maybe. Well, are you sedging your bets? Oh, it is dear. a summer visitor. <laughs> I can uh, When and where to see them? Oh no, damp wetland. <sighs> Particularly near door. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yes, Johnny, give me a survival check. Got a nine. Or maybe someone else can get one. Nine. I. Uh, it's on the cusp. Okay, yeah, you you tempt a night a sedge warbler. It very sort of tentatively perches near you, then it little hops as you hold out some food. You're casting the 10-minute... Is it a 10-minute to I'll cast a ritual, uh, Graham? Yeah. Yeah, I speak with it. Say, please. Yeah, you speak with it. You say, Hello. Has it seen... Have you seen six lizard men creatures? Uh, Margaret, the night warbler. Sedge warbler. Margaret. Does remember... Margaret does remember seeing some big, heavy figures moving through the marsh. Yeah, yes. I mean, they're all these all these creatures, obviously, they're, they're, they're very notable, these, these large creatures yeah, moving through the marsh. Okay, well, I'm, I'm running a dice, but then we, 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 that's fine. So she remembers. You give her a little bit of food, you talk to her, and then you break off for 10 minutes and cast... Are you casting the other thing, or are you just yeah, telling her to head the in the direction? so I can see you through her eyes. Okay, uh, well, I suspect that she has got uh, night vision because she is a nocturnal bird. Yeah. And she starts uh, She starts heading off. You're going to travel, follow her for another hour? Well... It's an hour at a time. She flies off. You can see... Well, she'll be able to get very marsh. far in an hour. <laughs> so we should be able um, to see roughly which bit of the marsh. Yes, she flies off for an hour you're not sure where she went i mean you can see through her eyes but it's very difficult to keep a track of where she's going she's in the air you can't see the ground particularly she follows her memory uh of where these creatures were going after not very long i mean maybe it's quite a long walk for you guys perhaps another hmm, five or six hours march but for her that's probably about half an hour she alights in the branch of a mangaroo tree and you see a sort of, I suppose you could call it some sort of weird structure. It's, it's a sort of coagulation of mangaroo trees in a kind of circular domed area that seems to either be sort of embedded or semi-floating in the swamp. And you've got the sense of maybe a little light emerging from somewhere. Uh, she's a bird, so she's not particularly interested in that. And you also have the sense of something large and uh, shadowy uh, flying around, flapping, jumping from branch to branch near her that she is, you get the sense that she's nervous of it as she tries to stay away from it. And then your spell ends. Is that a harpy, I reckon? Good question. Don't know. Um, do you want to set off in that direction? It's about, let's call it half seven. I think we need to rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to press the long rest button. I'll do uh, Lemon's Tiny Hut. How long does the Lemon's Tiny Hut last, by the way? Eight hours. Mm -hmm. That must be kind of baked into the idea of it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. And it is, uh, let's call it, but it's half five in the morning. So the first sort of sense of 
twilight is creeping into the sky as you rouse yourselves the next morning. And you've got a general sense from the way that um, Margaret, the sedge warbler, that you should be perhaps... Uh, and why doesn't somebody give me a survival check to see if you can pick up the trail as well? Dooby dooby survival. I'm going to say that you've got... Uh, you're rolling at advantage because oh. of Margaret. Oh, I've got a 16. Mm, a 16, oh. which is good enough. Okay, yeah, you can... Uh, but that's enough. So, uh, that's enough, everybody. Uh, so, Burple, you... <laughs> Burple, you pick up the trail pretty quickly. You've got a general sense of which direction they were going in anyway. And you head a little bit further south. It's not long before you hit a bit of an obstacle. Ooh, we're changing the map. A sort of steady rain sets in as you travel in the morning. Uh, let's just have a look at the map here. So, uh, uh-huh. you're heading south-southwest following the trail. And you find yourselves at the edge of a kind of... The closest thing that this swamp seems to have is a sort of a yeah a kind of a river or some sort of body of water. It's very slow moving. You can't tell if it's actually flowing like a river or if it's just a sort of pool. But it stretches as far as you can see to your east and west. Although there does seem to be some kind of current, and on the southern bank of this thing, you can see a uh, something that's well lizard-made, man-made, whatever. A sort of skiff or raft. That looks like it's tied up to one of the wizened little willow trees that is clinging to the southern bank. What would you like to do? So this is water. <laughs> Over the other side is a boat. You know that lizard folk are very kind of happy in water. They can hold their breath for minutes at a time and they're very strong swimmers. So they'd have no use of it. So the only reason you can think that it would be there would be if it had been... To carry a body. Bodies, yeah. It's certainly no. big enough to carry a couple of people maybe more and maybe they had to make more than one trip nowhere so far have you encountered any deep water and it's very difficult to tell because it's so murky but you don't get that sense here you think you're looking at effectively a sort of something that comes up sort of waist or chest high i have a look round. is there anything like a um like a zip line or anything that's sort of in the water that's a really good question but no there's nothing so the, it doesn't look like anybody's left any kind of mechanism for you to retrieve it right Mm. What do you want to do? Um, is it fast flowing? No, there is a mild current that makes you think that there is some kind of movement in the water. It's just it's just an area of floodedness. It's possibly a very extensive area of floodedness. Oh, let's yeah. just cross it then. Just going to start wading into it. You want somebody want to give me a perception check? Certainly yep. do. I will give you a perception. Uh, a twelve. Nineteen. A thirteen. Uh, sessions is rolling at advantage, right? This perception yeah. check. So, oh, that's an eight. Looked like a 20-second hit. Did I roll eight twice? I think I did. Yeah. So, uh, 11. Okay, what was the highest number we got between us? 19. Well, 19 is good enough. All it really does is confirm something, but you can see uh, that burple when you're looking at where the water seems to shallow out and become marshy, sort of squishy bog again. You think you can pick up what looks like the trail of your quarry heading away, still carrying on on that line sort of south south uh, south southwest well it sounds sounds to me like uh cuthbert is going to wade across and get yes yeah so we'll wait for that yep he's going to take his shoes off he's going to roll up his trousers just a little bit but he wouldn't want to get them wet no yeah. exactly and then he's going to tie a rope around himself and then pass the other end to burple just in case he gets you know swept away or something and i have a i have a rope of climbing so i can 
command it to go and get you if necessary. 64. Marvellous. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just head out into the water towards the... Uh okay, so you, you, you pad your way. There's no kind of sharp bank or anything. It's just a sort of gentle transition between the sort of semi-mushy marshness that you're on and the full-on pool. Yeah, and when it reaches, you know, a few inches below the waist, he's going to do that. Oh, 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 oh that's cold. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I would take a pole with you as well and prod ahead of you just uh, in case. Well, if only he'd thought of that before he yeah. uh, got to the point where he was. Okay. So, um, and he's going to wait for everybody. He's going to wait for everybody to say, "Just, just, just dunk in." It's a lot easier if you just do it quickly. It's lovely once you're in, and he'll pick up. Is it? Is there something you can? I mean, how are you exactly? Where are you? Uh, <laughs> exactly, where are you moving? Is there a stick? Is there a branch or something nearby? He doesn't have a ten-foot pole. Before you head into the water. Yeah. Is there a branch he can just use so he can steady himself and steady off and um, <laughs> see what's going on in front of him below the waterline? So he can kind of yes, you can snap off a bit of mangaroo branch. Lovely, it'll do that. Where is okay. this? Where is this um, craft? The skiff. Yeah. Is it's about a, about eighty to hundred feet, almost directly south of you. Okay. All right. So he's gonna he's gonna make his way around in between the trees, and then you slosh your way down into the water. That's a move action there. And then he's gonna carry on south. Yeah. I don't. We're not in round sequence. You don't okay. have to worry about that too much. Okay. So you start heading south. You, once you're about twenty feet into this um, pool, stream, ditch, whatever the hell it is, mm. you're up to your waist. Yeah. So he's 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 done that moment. He's had that moment. There's a kind of stump of a tree and a little kind of mini island uh, ahead of you and then a more kind of a broader expanse of uh, of open water well he'll, he'll make his way around the stump of the tree yes yes Le- a leech is can common in this uh, in yeah we've all seen stand by me can you give me a perception check a Cuthbert I can give you a perception check indeed I can give you a perception check I roll an enormous 18 Cuthbert there's very briefly carried to you by the uh, kind of marsh gases that cling to the surface of the water. I smell the remnants of Grimbold following me. You smell something... Marsh gases as Paul farted again. You smell something <laughs> deeply unpleasant, Cuthbert. It's like a kind of... Undead worm. Yeah. It's like overripe, rotten flesh or cheese. And then it's gone. It's only just a kind of a suggestion uh, of it. Aquatic ghouls. Can you give me another perception check? Give you another perception check. Mm. Getting a 25, rolling 19 for 25. 25, Cuthbert. You also get this strange sense that... I'm not alone? That you're not alone. Yeah, that there's... You don't actually feel anything brush up against you or anything like Uh. that. But you just got this feeling that the water around you is somehow being disturbed. Uh, What do you want to do now, Cuthbert? Well, I and what are the guys on the on the bank? Um, can I get perception checks from all of the guys? Yep. Can we have? Can I have a couple? Let's do check. Let's do, do check one for each of you. That one gets a seven. Probably. Yeah. Four. Sessions uh-huh. gets a twenty. Okay, so sessions, you pick up this uh, very faint. Twenty-two. I rolled natural twenty. Yeah, you pick up this very faint scent. Sessions, just briefly. It's difficult to determine the direction that it's coming from, but it does kind of gently. Tickle your little hobbity nostrils. And Does it feel like a, a strong scent a long way off or a weak scent right next to me? It feels like a strong scent 
that's some either a long way off or somehow masked from you by something. Mm -hmm. And can I get a round of perception, the second round of perception checks from everybody, please? Purple gets uh, 10. Sessions gets oh. uh, 4. Uh -huh. 21. 21. Sessions, with your 21, there's something moving in the water, Sessions. There's multiple things moving in the water. And where? Where? Well, they are... Uh, it's very difficult to determine. It's sort of shadows. It's difficult to work out where you're looking at dark water and shadows that are moving in the water. But they seem to be coalescing around Cuthbert. You're doomed. You're Game over, man. Game over. Game over, man. <laughs> Why not you put her in charge? Do you want to do anything about it? Do you want to... Well, I think I'll warn Cuthbert. Ooh! Shadows in the water, Cuthbert. And then um, I will... Um, and you will... Um, just trying to work out how far away from me he's gone. Cuthbert's about 60 feet south of you now by himself in the... <sighs> Typical. Typical. Yeah. So impacted. Again. Yeah. I think in case he's in trouble, I will. Um, I will. <laughs> You've got like a an action or two, if you see what I mean. You've got like. It's not. I'm not Grimbold. You can. You can boost me. You've moved range, plumber. Well, it's. I can move back. I can move back a bit as well. You can take an action. Well, well, we're going to get into initiative in a second. We've really just got... How big are these shadows? Oh, I mean, no bigger than a uh, lizard folk. Men. Yeah. Or a man, or yeah, a humanoid, oh, okay. something like that. No bigger than that. Medium um, size. They seem to be kind of zeroing in on Cuthbert from all directions. Sessions, you've just got an instant to do something. I think you can take an action before we roll initiative. I'll cast Bless. Okay, who are you picking? Uh, you can question... <laughs> Purple bug graft and Are there anyone's in range? Can I ready an action to cast Bless? I'm going to say yes, you can. Okay, so I'm going to cast Bless as soon as... Well... <laughs> and wait as long as I possibly can, then I'm going to cast it. If Cuthbert comes back, he'll be in range. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I will release it on the three guys around me. Cuthbert. Figures very slowly lift out of the water all around you in a circle. Fireball. Just that slick water trailing off their heads as their heads break the surface of the water. They're all looking at you. You've got these kind of smiles on their faces. They may once have been human, but now they're not. Their eyes seem to be burning with a kind of wicked, pale light. And their skin is kind of grey, sort of slick, kind of rotted. Aquatic ghouls. In total, there are six of them. And they're like... Scary. Yeah. One of them seems more bulky than the others, specifically the one directly to your south, Cuthbert. Mm -hmm. When the others just kind of hiss at you, this one extends a sort of almost prehensile pink tongue. It's <laughs> disgusting. It looks like it's the one that's in charge. Mm -hmm. Now, let's have an initiative. Seven. Seven. Cuthbert gets a 14. 14. Seven. Four sessions. And then our friends here get a two. And we start with Cuthbert. What would you like to do? I think what Cuthbert is going to do is this tree stump that is ten foot away from him. This little mini island. Yeah, it's something to cling on to. I don't know that it's a... It's, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. 
Or maybe I should just be trying to move back anyway. So, is this difficult terrain to walk, to make my way through? It's half move, yeah? Yes, you're sloshing through a, a soggy bottomed uh, uh, pool, at least up to your waist in water. Presumably it will give you cover if you stand on one, one side of it, so they can't surround you entirely. Because they've not acted, what I can do is use my assassinate on this one here, because it hasn't had a turn in the combat. Yeah. So I have an advantage on attack rolls, and any hit is a critical hit. It's not surprised though, is it? Is this your assassinate ability? Yeah. Uh-huh. It says you have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken. Yes. So you have that assassin. Yeah. Yeah. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. Is it surprised? Right. So it's not surprised, but you have advantage, and you're rolling your sneak attack dice. Okay, I might as well. Doing first with the uh, short sword. Hitting oh. up plus 24. Do I need 24 to... is a hit. I don't need to roll it again then, do I? No. Uh, yes, you do. No, you do, because you, you might, might get roll a 20. Oh, right, that's true. All right, here we go. Rolling it again. Getting a 26. Okay, so you've hit. Six points of damage. Six. Punkt M. Sneak attack. For the seven points of damage. Okay, so you've done a total of 13. Yep, in that, in, with that attack. And then I've got the rapier... Rolling, hitting on plus 15. 15 is a hit. And the rapier damage is a further five points of damage. Another five points of damage. Okay, well, you've quite seriously wounded this thing, whatever it is. Yep. And we move on to sessions. Well, I guess Cuthbert moved didn't um, come close enough, so the other Did I not come close enough? Less. No, he needed to be within 30, I think. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have made it. So I cast the... I released the breath. No, 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 no. The bless. Release your breasts. Yes, fastly inappropriate behaviour, but hey. From the readied action. Yeah. Uh, then I will, um, the one that Cuthbert is attacking, I will yep. do, um, Toll the Dying on. Nice one. Okay. So that's, um... It's necrotic damage, right? Yes. Okay, yep. I have to make a saving throw. Yeah, Wisdom DC 14. Wisdom DC 14 for rolling a 5. That's going to be a fail. Cuthbert damaged him, yeah? Yes. Yes, Cuthbert damaged him, yeah. So I think that's now a very handy 2d12. Whoa. Unless you roll... Ex- no, 12. you don't. Okay, it's... Uh, yeah. You, and it, 12. Oh. I did 24 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It explodes in a in a series of fleshy chunks that spatter Cuthbert's face. <laughs> and then the bulk of it dwibbles back down under the <laughs> surface of Wibwater. And we move on to Bugraft. Yeah, I might actually just step... Bugraft. Right. Back to right. You've discovered Bugraft's voice again. Yeah. I am proceeding forward. Mm-hmm. It's difficult ground, so I'm moving half speed. I'm a light foot thing, so I get extra movement. Uh, so I'm moving 30 feet, so I'm going... I'm moving to the edge of the sedge. I'm drawing yes. my weapon, and I'm going to cast a spell. And the spell is? Shield of Faith. Okay. Classic. A shimmering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting a plus two bonus arm class for duration. It's concentration. What's the range? 60 feet. Oh, I'm within 60 foot. Yes, you are, but I want to do it on me. So am I. Didn't I just protect you? The ghouls are like, their hands go up there. No, no, me, 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 me. Apart from the one that's more than 60 feet away, he goes, oh, God. Are you casting it on yourself? Yes, of course. Okay, purple hook. Sorry, I was, uh, there's something wrong with that, you know. Do no, no. Protective spells, you know. 
yeah, beg yeah, your pardon. Sorry, but are we protecting the spellcaster? Oh no, you're not a spellcaster. Oh no, you are. Sorry. He's. I'm moving in to try and help you, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking now. It's not your go anymore. Yeah. The one nearest cuffed. Dissonant whispers. Does it need to make a saving throw? Yes. Yes. Wisdom save DC 14. Okay, rolling. Nice. Six to fail. Okay, so first of all, it takes uh, six points of damage, but it does have to move away as fast as it can. It has to use its reaction to move away. Okay, so it starts uh, squishling off to the south, um, and we move on to Parker. So I will move due south into the water. And then I will cast my Produce Flame on this one directly south of me. So the one that's sort of like four o'clock to the tree Yeah, stump. yeah, yeah. Uh, you pick the sorry, one out. Seven o'clock to the tree Yeah, stump. yeah. You pick the most, you pick the most kind of uh, western one out. Yeah, yeah. The loop, then, uh, the circle. Uh, produce Flame. Um, that hits Armor Class 14 without the Bless. Is that a hit? 14 is a hit. Without the Bless, anyhow. So that's 12 points of damage. 12 points of damage and then finally as my bonus action i will also do my shillelagh cuthbert did it look beaten up by that 12 points of it damage? looked like it, it it looked significantly damaged by that fire yes right um but it still swooshes up to cuthbert yeah. it seems to be very comfortable in moving through the water. Of course it does. But Bugraft may be correct. These may be sort of specifically aquatic ghouls. You've not noticed any... None of you have noticed any green worms yet. 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 Okay, so let's take the first ghoul. It slooshes up to Cuthbert. Yes. And it attacks him. Yes. With its bite. Well, I think it's a claw. It's going to claw at you, actually. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, it's the... You know, we'll see how we do. Okay, so it claws at you, Cuthbert. Rolling a 12, hitting armor class 16. Yes, that's a hit. Oh, that's a hit. Oh, dear. That's not good news. Cuthbert, you take the following damage. You take 2d4 plus 2 damage. Uh, you take... Uh, 7, 8, 9 points of damage. Ow. Yes. Ouch. And, and can you roll... Constitution's... A DC 10 constitution save. And I I know I say this from time to time, Cuff, but, but you really want to make this. You you really want to make that save. Okay, let's see how this goes. DC 10 con save. <gasps> no, I didn't. I rolled a 1. Getting a 4. Rolled off a 13. DC what? 10. What do you add to your con? 3. Mm. But I rolled a 1. It's going to be a fail. It's an actual 1. You got ought dice. Oh, I've got an ought dice. Do you want to use your ought dice? I really want to use my ought dice. I think you really do. You get to roll again and add a d6. Right, so I'll roll my constitution save first before I roll the d. Oh, bloody oh, fucking hell. So what's that in total? Six. So you might get this. But I now need to roll a d6. You need a six, so you need a four or yeah. more on the d6. No! Get a nine. Cuthbert. Cuthbert, you are paralysed. No! Oh. And the other ghouls hiss with delight because they swarm they towards feeding. you the water. And we will pick it up next time. Oh! oh <laughs> Just getting into it. Nice.
Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. Encounter at Blackwall Keep and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. Encounter at Blackwall Keep was written by Sean K. Reynolds. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thank you.